Welcome to Two Men on the Run. And it's been a while since we've had a proper catch-up, John Joe, on our, our training. And it's been it's been an interesting week. We've seen group runs returning. We've seen races returning. Um, we're going to have a, a good discussion about the Podium 5K, um, yeah. which I raced at and things like that. And I, and I know one of your training partners did as well. Um, but yeah, how's, how's training been going? What, are, what have you been up to? Well, I'll start with Happy Easter, everybody. It's Sunday. Um, and our good Lord, I, th- I believe he rose again. We saw Craig Tessiman today uh, along the Sankey Canal, a veterinary assistant. In fact, I believe he's won awards as a champion a veterinary assistant. And it was nice to see him along the route. Training this week, first week back with the Harriers, the hallowed Wavertree track. And within the group itself, that was the day I believe I made my comeback. I'm calling it my comeback because for many weeks now, I've been just running on a Saturday and a Sunday. The job's been keeping me pretty fit. So going down there, making the effort and just musing with those people, coming back together again, it felt right. And it it gave me that motivation. And from the Tuesday onwards, I've been out every day, albeit slow and steady, including a session on Thursday up and down Taylor Park Hill. Um, As you know, I'm very much a believer in getting out on the softer ground, on the grass. At all times, I'm looking to be running on grass. As Marty McLaughlin himself, the the champion of champions, mentioned the other week. uh, So I I chose Taylor Park Hill on the Thursday. I did some efforts up the hill. I could have ran up a hill using, you know, concrete but no I'm always looking for the hill always looking for the softer surfaces that's really important to me it's harder work as well when you're having to that resistance that the 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 surface uh, gives but um, uh, Friday and and then Saturday another session um, 25 minute progression run uh, building and building and building of of course the warm-up to begin with and then today, I met up with yourself, a couple of other geezers, and we were down to Sankey Canal, and it's all joyful. What about yourself? Yeah, so, um, yeah, obviously, still building towards the, the marathon. We're, uh, we're three weeks uh, away now, um, so it's interesting as, as going forward. I'm, I'm finally stepping off the treadmill and, and managing to get outside for some of my runs. My ankle's just about holding out and, and letting me get out there. So, yeah, just, just usual sort of... Um, most days other than session days, just ticking that 10 mile with a four mile in the evening sort of run, um, holding around that 100 miles or so a week. Uh, it'll be a little little less this week, it'll be around the 90, 92 or so miles with the with the race uh, yesterday. But yeah, some great sessions, hit, hit the track at, at Sutton um, this Tuesday, first time back on the track since uh, September, I think. Um, and yeah, it was, um, it was 800 metres. Uh, on so running at about half marathon pace and I wanted to try and target sort of that 61 to 63 minute half uh, sort of pace which is a, a 220 to a 224 800 uh, followed by uh, a continuous float uh, recovery um, of about 25 to 30 seconds slower um, so it was a tough a tough old session really it's eight miles continuous running sort of faster with a little bit backed off uh, for, for 800 and yeah it, but it, it went well um I think I averaged more or less on the two two twenty two per eight hundred um, effort, um, which was really positive, really good feeling, and nice sort of build of sort of you know the training I've been doing on that treadmill has, has been worthwhile. It's not all been you know just just a pointless sort of exercise. It's it's it's, it's you know it's actually has had some benefit, and I, I am I am fit off the back of it, um, which has been a concern in the back of the mind. You know when you're doing all that on the treadmill and you're just sort of questioning, is this really doing anything? Is it is it sort of fake? fake mileage and fake speeds but um, yeah that, that was really pleasing um, and I, a couple of weeks ago I know I did um, an 18 mile run with you with yourself and I did some efforts at the end of that uh, minute on minute off sort of efforts and they, they hit the paces that I needed to so that was a, a boost and obviously you know Saturday was podium 5k congratulations by the way a, a new PB a new PB yeah a four second PB not as not as fast as I would have liked to have run um, I know I made a couple couple of mistakes in there. Um, Tell me about these mistakes. Well, you know, I'm marathon training at the moment, so I'm, I'm so used to a certain pace and, and feeling. And 
my legs are just tired all the time really you know I'm just tired marathon training because we you know I'm letting I'm not letting up I, I didn't taper for the race really I did a um, I, I let myself do a five mile on Friday rather than a ten mile run uh, because of the race just to give me a little bit of, of easing up in, in the legs but you know I kept going for it um, because we're, we're still three weeks out and, and the miles need to need to be there so yeah when we set off it, it felt slow um, I, in my head the pace and my legs the, the pace felt comfortable it felt easy and I was getting bashed around a little bit. Bashed um, around, what does that mean? So, you know, elbows were flying. The, the, the group was all, we were grouped together really well. Everyone was running hard. Um, and I was in my alpha flies. Um, and they're, they're quite a bouncy, quite, they're, they're, they're very unstable of a shoe, really. I've heard, um, of, the, I've heard of these alpha flies. What, the manufacturer? Nike. Uh, they're Nike, Nike. Nike. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, they're quite an unstable shoe at times when you're at slower paces. And it did it. It felt slow, and when you're getting them bashed around by your other competitors, I know, I know, I nearly cut um, Andrew Hayes off, and he had to he had to give me a shout out and, and tell me to you know get with it and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. so there's a shout out to Andy Hayes there. He had a great <laughs> run there. He finished in um, third, I think he was. Um, yeah, third, I think. Mm. Um, and a PB as well for him. Um, so I believe Johnny Brownlee was in your race. He was. Uh, I think Johnny was fourth. I think. Right. Okay. Um, Very good. So Very again, good. another good run. Um, the winner was uh, Tom Mortimer um, and Phil Sesamon uh, from Leeds was in second place, who I think going into the, the race was the favourite. Well, uh, we know we know this because I, I noticed you, you sent um, a number of correspondents in regards to the betting on yeah, your so, race. Yeah. And, and the question mark for me is, surely on race day, before this, this event is of great importance to yourself, surely you should be shutting down the phone, shutting down the technology, Instead of sparking interest with William Hill, <laughs> well, you know, that was the weird thing about this race. It was as much as I was going in there, obviously wanting to perform well, wanted to to get a PB, wanted to you know see if I could challenge up towards the front and stuff, which was going to be a hard ask because there was a, a lot of great guys in that race um, who were a lot faster than me on paper. Um, and continue to be a lot faster than me on paper. I believe you but, were twenty-five to one. Twenty-five to one, I was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know I let a couple, uh, quite a few people down who, who put some interesting bets on me, uh, especially each way bets. Where I think there was a, I think someone sent me a screenshot. They could have, they could have won about uh, four hundred pound or something like oh, that if they'd have, uh, you yeah. know, if I'd have finished in that top three. So yeah, interesting, interesting time. But, but I mean, and, and do, do, do you need that kind of pressure before a race, having uh, no, having you know, known that people are, uh, yeah, well, have lots of money on you? You know, well, is that really, yeah, ne- is that really to be fair, a good it, thing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to be earlier on in the day when people started sending me these messages, I was like, oh, bloody hell, that's a, it's, it's a bit of pressure in it. But you know, once it came to the race time and things, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. To be fair, and I did because me and um, Joseph Monk actually um, shout out to Joe. Um, he ran a PB yesterday, fourteen twenty-four, and he's, he's messaged me saying he's been enjoying the podcast. So uh, if Wonderful. you listen to this one, Joe, uh, thanks for tuning in. But um, and great run as well. But uh, yeah, from, he, he asked from, me, did I bet on myself before? And he said he had a bet. I, and I, I, don't like, I, allowed, I don't think you're allowed to do that. No, I don't think you're allowed to do that. And um, I, think, I didn't. Um, I didn't do that because uh, I, I knew I knew I would be losing money if I had. I recall a few years <laughs> back some of the Saints players doing that. You know, yeah. gambling on their own team to lose, yeah. and they were in big trouble. Yeah, and rightly so. Rightly <laughs> so. By the way. The um, I think that's an unwanted distraction to to have, to, um, you know, people betting on you before the race. Surely, well, it's you know, you gotta these... sometimes you gotta hold your hands up and say, "Listen, I've made a mistake here." Um, you know, but, but you're it wasn't, you're it wasn't in me. This was a race organizer that, that obviously in, had got this arranged. But sounds like you're you're in denial. Um, you're in denial. No, no, I'm not in denial. But um. Weirdly enough, it was one of those things where I've listened to a lot of podcasts lately coming out of out of the US, and a lot of the guys, the professional runners and stuff like, that, are all talking about you know how do we make athletics more exciting and things like. That. And mm. it, a lot of them are all talking about you know we put we put betting on it, we get betting involved no, and, no, and no. things like. That. And no, I, d- I disagree. Well, I, I do as well because I'm not I'm not a, a betting a, fan. It's, or it's an awful furnished. awful thing. You know, in furnished, I, I did think really it, it did seem to make at least with like you know the people messaging me and people getting in touch and stuff like like. I think our uh, our town centre manager uh, Gary Maddox, um, Saint Helens town centre manager, he, he had a he had a cheeky bet on me. He said, town, as well. "What's a town centre manager?" So he um, he works with all the uh, the stores and the, the restaurants and you know all the different businesses oh, in, in yeah, the town yeah. centre. Yeah, and uh, he just helps them through. And he's he's to be fair, 
shout out to him. He's done a fantastic yeah. job him and his team through this whole COVID thing, keeping in touch with with us businesses. He, clo- and stuff he like closed his all down, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't him. No, he, he, you know he's, he's kept right. us up to date with um, all the information we needed for, for grants and, and things like that oh, and yeah. stuff. He's, yeah. he's done a great job, to be fair. Um, ahead of a lot of the other councils, because I've seen. What's that gentleman's uh, name again? So uh, Gary Maddox. Gary Maddox. Really nice fella. Um, Wonderful. But yeah, he, he, you know, he, he got involved, and I, I, I don't know whether he'd have paid much interest to, to the chance of me racing if there wasn't this thing about you know of William Hill putting the odds on it and stuff like that and things. So I don't know. Did it bring in people that weren't interested in athletics or wouldn't normally be interested in athletics? Let, let me be honest. Possibly, but in regards to gambling itself, I gave up gambling when I was about nineteen. I was gambling in school. I was in William Hill when I was still in short trousers, believe mm. it or not. And I was gambling. I managed to get away with it. I, I took the blazer off. Shows and your I, age, doesn't it? That one, John Joe, because we could wear full length trousers. Well, I, no, I, was. I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't actually wearing short trousers. That was metaphorical. I was, I was in trousers. Um, in fact, interestingly, my, my brother decided he was going to continue wearing shorts in school for as long as he possibly could. When everyone in his class was no longer wearing, that's another story. And uh, I, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah you, you can make life difficult for yourself. You know? <laughs> but on a serious note, I managed to, I had two morning paper rounds, you know, and, um, but very, very important that I learned an important lesson and I managed to give up. I must have been, as I say, about 19. Um, I think I was 19. I could have been 18, 19. So when I became sort of eligible to sort of gamble, I was giving up. But I was in bookmakers before then. When I could have been in school, actually, and that's genuinely true. And it's hugely addictive. And um, when you see all the advertisements, that's a clear sign that there's many people gambling because they wouldn't have so many advertisements on the telly if they were not. So it's a huge thing. And I've picked up people in my cab. I'm no longer a cab driver who have lost everything, my friend. They've lost their wives, their families, and they're indebted themselves. It's, it's an awful thing. And it can start with something just like your race, you know. Your, your well, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's it, you know. And I would, uh, never, I would never dream of supporting it in any fashion, not even to gain some interest, because ultimately it's not about you or the race, it's about money. Yeah. Because that's the focus. It's, it's and, I th- the, and I think that's where, there's, where, where I've seen sort of People are. I mean, there was on um, again. Uh, we've mentioned it, the, the Facebook page before. I, I was around the runner. Um, I think we mentioned it when, when uh, Martin was on. Yeah, Marty uh, um, is on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, there was someone on there who posted up saying, "Yeah, oh, do we think this is right that you know gambling's being promoted on our sport?" And, and yeah. I think Athletics Weekly uh, shared the post from the organisers and, and things like that about it. And you know, yeah, there, there is a question about it and whether it's right and. You know, should it is it has it got a place in athletics and stuff? But you know, there's a lot of people discussing how do we make athletics more interesting, and, and I think I think it did do that for especially for what is you know realistically a, in a way a, a local race. But there were some fantastic performances la, uh, last night, and we'll get onto a couple of them in a, in a minute. But um, it does it does you know yeah, there's there's plenty of discussions going on. How can we make athletics more interesting? And to be fair, for me, it's the media that makes it not interesting it's the way it's presented on television that makes it not interesting you know we i think that you can split screen so many things now uh, when you're doing you know a, a live performance we can see you know um from boxing matches taking different angles of cameras all splitting the screens together and stuff like that to you know why can't we do that in athletics why in athletics do we have to watch um the 5000 meters and then cut away to the long jump now if i'm a, if i'm a long jump fan which, you know, obviously long jumpers out there, jumpers out there are going to be a fan and they're going to want to watch that event. Not They're not going to be interested in the 5K. Yeah. So they want to see the whole long jump. They, that's what they want to watch. But the, but the runners who are 5K, you know, people who are interested in the 5K want to see the whole 5K. They don't want to go away and watch a long jumper get ready to run up, do the run up, land in the sandpit, you know, wait for the red flag, white flag, thing like that. you know what I mean? They, they want to watch them at that time, they're missing the 5,000. I don't know about but, you, but I, I want to see the long jump. Well, I see, well, and that's it. <laughs> but you can't, but sometimes you can't. You And what you get when you're watching the long jump is you end up seeing sort of whoever's showing the the, um, the video footage. So um, the European indoors recently on um, over in Poland, they were showing 
obviously a lot of the Polish athletes doing the because they had a lot of Polish athletes in the field events and they kept cutting showing the Polish athletes yeah. and then going back to obviously whatever track race was on and stuff but you know you didn't get to see the British athletes in that if you were a British fan you didn't get to see that if you were whichever nation you were from you didn't get to see yours because they were they were highlighting Did obviously some of, you know you got to see some of the, the top guys who were from different nations and stuff but you know, you missed out on the competition that makes the long jump interesting and exciting, which is seeing everyone compete and seeing them push the centimetre on and, and, you know, the, the the lead sort of battle between them. Same in any of the other, you know, the other field events. It's how it works, you know. Some amazingly interesting shot put um, battles I've, I've seen over the years. But you don't get to see them in full because they, they just show the odd couple throws of the of the best guys and you, or the best women and... You miss out on the the real story and the real exciting part of it, and the same happens in the in the in the track races and stuff like, that, especially distance races where you know it can be a slow burn. It can be you know a ten thousand meters is twenty five laps of an outdoor track. It can be boring, but if you've got the story of the athletes that are racing there, what their background is, you've done your research, you can tell and make it exciting. A marathon, you can make that amazingly exciting, as we saw. At the the trials race. Well, uh, we we we, we could do that, Matthew. But you know, they need to phone us up, don't they, in Bukas? Well, as for Polish, <laughs> as for Polish television. Oh yeah. Now the 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 antidote to that would be to have one's nation's own coverage inside. I don't know if it is. It yeah, all? Some, sometimes they do yeah. like bigger games and stuff like that. So the Olympics will usually have like yeah. you know the, the individual nation will go and do that and stuff. But usually for stuff like. Like the, like the European indoors, certain countries will have had their own coverage, but obviously the BBC for that just outsourced and just used the Polish coverage that was being done. You know, I mean, that's a BBC. That, and again, where it come back to is, as I was saying, it's the media that's at fault. They don't understand or have a grasp on the sport itself. And that's where it's making, they're losing the opportunity, one, to excite the fans that already like athletics and are already interested because they're fed up of seeing pundits have a chat for, you know, an hour and a half about nonsense and stuff like that. And then cutting between races and stuff, yeah. and then they're missing the chance of showing the event to non-athletics fans who are sat there at home, miserable weather, can't go out in lockdown, and you know, looking through the TV channels, athletics is on. You know, if it was shown in an interesting, exciting sort of way, that you could get more fans and get more people interested in it. But you know, Absolutely. the way they do the coverage is, is poor. And I know we've spoke about it in um, when we had Kane Green on the show. Kane Green. Go the back professor, and have, a, have a listen to that episode uh, if you want to the prof- listen to more. Absolutely, the professor himself. And also, please subscribe to the show. There are many people listening, and we'd like your support. Subscriptions are due. We'll be sending out leaflets for that. The uh, Listen, you're opening up on the 12th of April. Um, a week on Monday. Are you excited about this return to uh, business? I am, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. There's, um, I've just started putting the lots of new shoes that we've had delivered during lockdown, finally putting them on the shelves in the back of the store and stuff like that. They've just been out in the front of the store in the boxes uh, for easy access when I've been doing click and collect orders. Wonderful. So, Made to run opening up on the 12th of April yeah. 2021. It's the year of the comeback. Hopefully, hopefully. We've, we've got races back. Let's get the, the stores back open and, and, and let's get back to reality in, in the world. Eh? Let's, uh, let's get cracking. But getting back to podium, yeah, it felt slow that first lap. My mistake, um, I think, was after that first lap, I heard the split, um, which is 2.41 we went through the first K in. Didn't really think about what that meant and what pace that was or anything. Why not? Um, I think I was just too involved in the race itself and uh, as I say it felt, ca- it felt got, slow sounds like you got carried away I did I did it felt, sl- it felt slow it felt easy I was getting bashed around a bit so what I decided to do then was move myself out get to the get towards the front of the race um, and I got on the shoulders um, well, I got on the uh, Phil Sesamin on the, on the right of me you jumped uh, up on someone's back yeah I got on someone's back uh, <laughs> you but, can't uh, do that but um, I got towards the front and then I thought to myself you know I, I wanted to take the lead I wanted to go to the front, take the lead, because I put an effort in to get myself up to there. That's the. Uh, and, but then I thought to myself, I'm, I'm not. There's no way I should be leading this race. There's too far too many, you know, great caliber guys in this race. 
you know, I've gone to the front in, in podium races before. I know I, I led out Ben Connor for a good mile uh, yeah. and, it, and then fell apart. Luckily, You've I made these mistakes second, yeah. before. So Are you learning? I didn't want to go to... Well, I'm learning a little bit. Um, my pace judgment was off, but maybe that's the lack of racing um, opportunities to race that, that had me feeling that it was easy. And when it, you know, realistically, we were moving at a good pace and all I had to do was sit where I was and, and hold on. So... Um, yeah, right. I sort of. I and got, you, I got you, there sat, and you sat where you were, and you held on, but you you didn't quite hold on. Well, once I'd gone to the, once I got towards the front, I was sort of sort of on that front line. Um, I'm wanting to sort of take the lead and push on because I'd made that bit of effort to get there. Um, but then my head said, no, there's no there's no point in this race should I ever be leading it unless I'm still here at the very end and I'm I'm kicking off the the, the front to try and win um, because the guys that are in this field are, are, are a class act. So. Um, so I didn't go to the front then, and I settled myself back in, um, and then the pace the pace pushed on, and I think tired marathon legs just couldn't go with that pace. They couldn't push. They didn't have that next gear to go with the guys, and the guys pushed on, and I slowly dropped off, and well, then you, it was a matter of battering, bat, uh, you know, battling your own mind. Then to you're still running well, keep it together, hold everything together, and I think my mind won a little bit in terms of it was. It was going, you know, you're falling off the back, you're falling off the back. Um, and I rallied for the end, PB'd, happy enough with it, would have liked faster, of course. You, your, you know, your, your immediate thoughts after the race, immediate thoughts? Um, happy with the PB, um, disappointed it wasn't fast, faster, mm. really. That was, you know, I, I wanted to go there and break 14, really. Um, you know, yeah, I can say my legs were tired and things like that. I know, you know, Looking back at the race, there was a couple of mistakes for me there. Um, but, you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, it was a PB and not injured. Um, and the whole point of going to that race was to get some race practice in before the marathon because I haven't raced since, since September and I just wanted to just get back in with a, a group and, and run hard. Um, obviously, very different sort of race tactics than I'm, I'm hoping to be using in my marathon. Um, I'm hoping it won't be anywhere near that quick for, the, for each 5K split. Have you got the marathon coming up in how long? Three, three weeks now, three weeks today. In uh, 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 Wrexham? Uh, it was Wrexham. It's, it's been moved five miles over the border now, so it is in England. Um, it's in uh, Pulford. And have you, have, you, have you looked at the course? Is that, is that I've looked uh, at the course, yeah. It's a nice flat. Um, it's 3.3 miles per lap, I think. It's a, sort of like a triangle-shaped uh, lap. lap. Yeah, so it's a lapped course. Oh. Um, so God. similar to the the, um, the British Trials race, which was that was 3.3k uh, per lap. This is a 3.3-mile lapper. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think, sadly, um, the... Foreign athletes, um, I think there was a, a team from Ireland were going to come over and race and a group of uh, Mexican athletes as well, I think, were, were planning to race. But I think with the, the travel um, restrictions in the UK, they, they won't be able to attend. Um, I think our friend Tom Chadwick, who we were out with this morning, um, he ended up with a place in the race uh, from, from one of the Irish athletes that wouldn't be able to come. Right. Um, so he, yeah. he got their place. So... Mm. Um, so you know, Tom, Tom's up against you. He's up against Ooh, me. He's up against yeah. me. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. But you'll be focused on your own performance. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely. And you'll yeah. be betting on yourself again. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, um, well, a big shout out to Tom Rogerson, who, as you say, I was with him on the track on, on th uh, Tuesday. And uh, he's not a significant amount of time. He's gone to fourteen thirty-four. Yeah, fourteen thirty-four. Uh, he ran last night in the in the B race. And it was uh, previously, I think, at, was it fourteen fifty-nine? Something. Yeah, something. I think it was fourteen fifty-nine. Yeah, I think so. But it's a big, big improvement. It's a big improvement. Big breakthrough performance. And he's looking yeah. forward to coming on the show and telling you how it is. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, and yeah, and, and you know another great. I mean, that B race saw some fantastic performances. To be fair, um, Mick Hill, um, you know, shout out to Mick. Um, Vet forty five set broke the British record there. Um, I think it was fourteen forty one. Mick, you're gonna have to clarify that one. I think that's around about what he ran. Um, British record for the Vet forty five category. There's some great runs as well in the from uh, the likes of Andy Norman as well. Uh, I think he went to number six on the British Bet 40 all mm. time. I think he was uh, 
1429, I want to say. Again, Andy, I'm, I'm sure you can correct me on that one. Um, but also, that B-Race saw a, a world, well, a world best. I don't think it's going to go down as a world record because there wasn't any um, anti-doping um, officials there. And to have a world record, you have to have anti-doping officials on, on site right, okay. um, for the performance. So so why were, why were they not on site then, if, if you're looking for Because um, I think it was a surprise not expect, I don't think not expected to, to be to be such a such a performance. Well, they've had big big performances before, haven't they? They have, yeah. Um, cost yeah, money, British cost records. money to have them there. Yeah, it? it does, it does. Um, but uh, Beth Potter um, is what we're on about here. Fourteen forty one. Um, again, or maybe Mix Hills a little bit behind then that one. Um, but yeah, fourteen forty one for Beth Potter. Uh, it is a British record, um, as, as far as I can tell. It goes down as a British record, and I think it goes down as a, a world best. Um, time on the road for 5k but it, I don't think it'll count as a world record because of that lack of um, drug testing um, there um, it is a mixed race she was she was in with the men um, which there's a, yeah there's a women's record and, a, and a, um, a women's only record and a women's mixed race record as well because obviously sort of the benefit of having the men in the race to sort of drag around and, and things like that a lot of people um, are talk a lot of people are talking about this uh particular young lady who has achieved a great feat, you know, running such a time. They're talking about how she trains, um, utilising the bike, I believe. I'm not sure of her, uh, the detail of it. Yeah, she's, I mean, she, she's already been to one Olympic Games. Um, I think it was in the track and not the triathlon, but I, I could be corrected on that. Uh, but she's primarily trained as a triathlete these days. Um, she, her, her history is in, in, in athletics, um, but she did make the move to the triathlon. Um, and to be fair, she did win um, a um, a championships last weekend uh, down in London. Um, I'm not sure what the, the, the title is or exactly the, that is on, on that side, but um, she did win a, a championship triathlon uh, performance there uh, the other week. So it, it you know obviously does show some fantastic strength. And as we said, Johnny Brownlee was, was fourth in, in my race as well. Um, with the goals, although, the although side, she's so. she's not going to the Olympics as a triathlete. No, from from what I've heard, following yesterday's performance and reading some of the, the articles and stuff, she she hasn't been selected for the, the triathlon for the Olympics. Um, but obviously, from last night's performance, you know, I I, I think she could uh, most definitely make the the women's five thousand meter track team um, and probably even the ten thousand as well. Um, so obviously the, the triathlon distance that she's used pr- to. Primarily a runner. Um, as a world record holder, in running terms, you say being selected for Britain off the back of that surely must be a given. Well, with with athletics, she'll have to do the trials, um, which will be in the summer. So, yeah, she'll have to run them, um, and obviously, I'm sure she can run the the qualifying time on the track if she's not already got it from previous years, um, and finishing the top two to guarantee a place if that's what she what she's planning on doing. I know I know that uh, she'll have some tough. Um, Competitors are alongside her, um, especially in the ten thousand. I know Ailis McCoglin um, and p- potentially Steph Twill. Um, get on to, to that with the marathon trials in, in a second. But in terms of um, this young lady going to the Olympics, and then what kind of competition is she likely to encounter from perhaps the Kenyans, the Ethiopians? I yeah, don't, I don't know. Yeah, so um, um, if she's now got what we're calling a world record. Would that make her the favourite, or not necessarily? Not, not necessarily. Um, obviously, he puts her in extremely good stead to, to be fair. Road and, and track are different. Um, road traditionally is, is slower than track, so you know there would be some difference there. Um, you suggest you know she could go even faster than on on the track. Um, For when you go to an Olympics, it's 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 always on the track, yeah. and they they don't. You know, they, why do they not have perhaps, let's say, well, they've got golf, they've got all sorts going on at the Olympics now. Why do they not have perhaps a, a 5K road sort of race at the Olympics? Well, there has been, in previous years, there, were, there yeah. was sort of discussion about moving um, the the 5K or, or maybe just the 10K into a road race rather than a track race. Um, one, because it would relate more to the, the mass uh, participation side of it so people you know go out and run 5k 10k uh, road races yeah you could see not many doing the 5 and 10k well, vi- visually visually as well, visually yeah, as well huge yes. improvement you know, for, uh, for coverage for coverage yeah stuff like that um, and that relation to people who are watching and things like that 
Um, so that, yeah, there, there but it's been not. Sort of, it's not happened. It's though. not happened. It's not happened. Um, and what about having like you know, instead of saying one or the other, have both, and be uh, be able to run both if you if you so wished. Yeah, it's. I mean, with the Olympics, it comes down to where uh, there's a number of obviously events that they they do, and they each year they sort of take some events out and put some new events in. So, like you say, we've got golf in Tokyo this year. Um, I think rock climbing as well. Uh, I can't remember what else has been in there, but we got rid of some, you know, For, some great sports as well that have been removed. Uh, the, the the origin of the Olympics, it, it's the origin, the, the nucleus, the sponge in the cake is is track and field. Is that is yeah, that, is that yeah? So it, it, you know that, and that does make up a, a large portion uh, portion of the um, Olympic timetable. Um, you know, the pretty much the last week of the Olympics. You know, usually over two weeks. That last week is pretty much solid. Track oh, you events. do you do have the marathon, which is on the road. Is that, yeah, 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 you have the marathon. So you, on the road. you get to see the city or wherever. Yeah, um, and funnily enough, the marathon this year won't be in Tokyo itself. Um, it's going to be out um, outside Tokyo. They went. Um, I forget the name of where they've put it now, but it's it's basically it's going to be a bit cooler. Tokyo was seen as going to be too warm and too hot, too humid. Um, so they put it out. Um, I think it's. 500k, 500 miles or so uh, difference to, to or maybe 250 or something like that difference um, than, than out, you know, outside of Tokyo in, in another place uh, because it's going to be better sort of climate and stuff like that, which is a shame for the marathon runners because they won't, being out there, won't get to experience the sort of buzz of the Olympics. But then again, there's no fans allowed at the, well, no um, foreign fans are allowed at the Olympics. It's It's been announced it's only going to be, obviously, those in Japan and things like that, spectators and, and stuff. So we, we won't have anyone travelling out there other than, um, you know, the team and stuff like that itself. Coaches uh, and, and all coaches that. And things, mm, so. Very, in- yeah, interesting. Mm. So, that's something to think about. Are you looking forward to the Olympics? I am. I, I love watching the Olympics. Uh, you know, it's always great fun. And, I, you know, we've only got so far in, in athletics, we've only got the marathon uh, team announced uh, so that's gone ahead so far by the way when was the the first year I be, I imagine it was 1800 and some uh, you know the very first Olympics yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, re- relatively recent modern, modern Olympics yeah modern uh, Olympics modern Olympics yeah yeah 18 18 something 1880 yeah. something or 1890 something I recall uh, this Italian gentleman he's, he's finishing the marathon I forget his name and he's I think he's Italian and he's absolutely exhausted and he's falling over and they're trying to encourage him to, to cross this yeah, line yeah. and they, they actually usher him over or yeah, so help that, him. That was the 1908 Olympics. he gets disqualified um, yeah. and the American coming through um, a couple of minutes behind him yeah. um, gets the gold medal. That would have been... Well, that was 1908. That, that was the London Olympics. That London Olympics. But it, it started before then, didn't it? The, the, yeah. the Olympics itself. There wasn't too many before. but that was, was In great. terms of... It's a relatively recent thing, I'd say. Yeah. 100 years is not, not a long time, not really, since. or 120 years, maybe, 130. Not a long time, but the origin is, is the Greek sort of games. You're yeah. going back to, now you're going back like BC. Oh, BC. Yeah. Um, well, guess what? With Tom Rogerson being a historian, he's, he can tell us a lot more about that. It's true. It's true. There you go, Tom. Let's make sure you're... Uh... You've got your Olympic research done for... He, know, he knows all about this. It's good, it's good. He knows all about this. <laughs> well. But yeah, but I, I mean, you know, I, I just want to talk about that marathon trials a little bit because we, we've not had a chance to catch up really um, since that was on. And I know you didn't watch it. Um, I, know you, I know you don't watch uh, Follow the Sport really, but... Oh, I've not got a challenge, Matthew. But... Um, the marathon trials, you know, was a was a fantastic way actually of we're talking about how the sport is presented on on in media and things like that. Yeah. Um, the marathon trials did it really well uh, to a lot of degrees. There was a couple of little hiccups there. Um, it was it was Kew Gardens. It was put on. It was a, a lapped course. As I say, it was three point three um, k a lap. Um, it was Tom Bedford, um, who's Dave Bedford's son. Um, who's, a, who's you know a good runner in, in his own right, but obviously uh, Dave Bedford being you know a world record holder and, and oh, a, a yeah. fantastic athlete. Yeah. Um, By the way, sorry, Kew Gardens are. I've London, heard. London, I, I, imag- I imagined it would be. Yeah. 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 Um, so there was a there was a cut off time. That I think the the, the biggest negative uh, for me watching it um, as a fan was that the the number of athletes wasn't enough. There needed to be more athletes in the field. I think actually there was there was meant to be only 30 athletes, men and women um, in total, going to go and compete. 
actually on the day because in a marathon build-up you get a lot of dropouts and things like that. Obviously, we, we lost um, you know one of our previous guests, Johnny Meller, had to uh, had to pull out of the race uh, oh. a couple of weeks before. The reason for that, sorry. Um, he got um, he wore he had a, a tough session and he put on uh, left his compression socks on or his calf sleeve on overnight and slept in them. Uh, or for a nap or something like that, what? and he got a bit of an itch and uh, rubbed it down, and it, it sort of left a fold in the uh, in the um, the compression sock or whatever it was, and then that caused a um, a little bit of build up um, in his knee, and he ended up with uh, with gout. Uh, gout. Gout. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what was, has been reported and things. Like gout. I've not spoke to Johnny and, and no. don't know 100, but that was. I can't believe uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a rich man's disease, isn't it? Gout. Uh, or, yeah, or a drinkers, but um, which Johnny isn't because he, he, he told us uh, he doesn't doesn't drink. Uh, but obviously, you know it, it, what it was was the compression, so, what, which, what, what, which is a good you know lesson to learn. Don't don't sleep in your compression clothing. And that yeah. was just a, a mistake. He did, um, yeah, a mistake. And and that's where you know I feel absolutely gutted for him because it was such a. It's one of those you know little little mistakes that you make. But has cost him a place at the Olympic Games. In well, the hang on a minute. Or, or, this, this, this man is the British champion. Should he still not go anyway? Well, they made it. It was they made it down to a trials race. So, um, and you only had two spots in the men's race because Callum Hawkins was pre-selected from the World Championships in 2019 in Doha. Well, that's, that sounds a bit unfair. You're going back to 2019 yeah, for Callum. I, yeah, I, I, I find. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little like I, I think Callum's fantastic. I think he's a great runner. His performance in Doha was fantastic, but. I mean, obviously, they, was, was back he, then they didn't know COVID was going to hit. And was he been since? Um, so, we haven't seen him. He, he did struggle with an injury um, back last year uh, a bit. But he, not, he did pace the, the, the men's race um, up to just over 20 miles uh, in the trials race. He was pacing the guys there. And he did look really good. Um, again, he's paced another, he paced another runner a couple of days later, actually, uh, in another race. Um, so, he does He does look to... He's proven his form, um, if anything, but, oh, you uh, tell me a guy from 2019 is pre-selected, but the British champion of 2020 um, is is not allowed. I, I don't get that. Yeah, well, that's it. It was it, if he'd gone to the if Johnny had gone to the trials, I'm pretty sure he, he would have finished in the top two, um, and that would have been him, him going. But but because of this this injury that he, he picked up, um, he had to sort of sit on the sidelines and, and watch really, and you know, sadly. Oh. With the ad Callum, you had Callum there pacing. You had Jake Smith pacing, and um, you know, as much as it, as much as it was, it was gutting for for Johnny, and it was gutting, you know, having known Johnny for a good while and stuff. Chris Thompson, who was, you know, Chris is thirty nine. Um, he just had his first child on the Tuesday before the trials race, so I'm sure he had a couple of nights of lack of sleep there going into the race. Um, He's represented Great Britain for the last 23 years. Had an absolute fantastic performance. And when you watch the coverage, um, he, you know, halfway through the race, he, he disappears off the back of the, the lead group. He, he drops off. And the commentators were saying, you know, we had experienced marathon commentators on there. Mary Yamauchi was, was one of them, um, second fastest British lady ever. Um, and they were like, oh, he's had it, you know, maybe he's just too old, he's too thingy. And, and they were saying all this and you're thinking... Yeah, you know, bloody hell! You know what I mean? Like he's he's still up there. He's yeah, he's dropping off. But um, and they were putting a lot of um, stuff on on the likes of Dewey Griffiths, who was the fastest on paper in the field from I think twenty seventeen, maybe twenty eighteen. Um, he had a great race and he was finally back fit. Um, Dewey's a um, uh, he's a he works on his his parents' uh, sheep farm in Wales um, and speaks quite quite a lot with Steve Jones and stuff. Um, uh, he, he did. He did look really good. He did look really comfortable. Uh, ben Connor was in there. He was the only person in the race that had the qualifying time. So the selection, you had to have the qualifying time and finish in the top two positions, and you'd be in the team. That that was the rules they put in place, which obviously was the oh, bit the that qualifying time is what uh, two eleven thirty. So you've got to go underneath that. Got to go under that, and you've got to finish in the top two positions. If you'd have, if you'd have missed the top two. Um, but had the time, so for Ben Connor, if he'd have missed the top two, but had the time, and no one else had gone under it, it would have been down to the selectors to choose, which at that point, there was only Johnny and, and Ben, and they would have been selected on that front. Um, or, you know, they might have decided that they weren't going to take anyone, you know, other than Callum. What, what, were, the, what were the differences in the British champion's time from 2020 to the time that, that won this particular trials? So, yeah, so... Uh, 
again, that's another you know pain point for for Johnny as well. He's faster than he's, his PB is faster than both. You're joking, men. really? And, oh, that's and, even and, that's uh, even a more. And Chris Thompson. That's um, that sounds very unfair to me. Yeah, who, well, who's it, who, who's, really ma- who's making these decisions? Uh, so this is this is the selectors at UK Athletics that make these, in, and it, it's cutthroat, and it it is a tough one. Well, it's not. It's, I wouldn't say cutthroat. It's um, if you're making bad decisions, well, decisions that don't make sense. Then the the thing is the thing is you've got to think when you're at that sort of level, um, you're a professional athletes. Managing injuries is as much part of your job as you know something you've got to be able to do, um, as is going out and performing on the day and and, and doing the you know the, the job to get selected. So, and that, and that's what's frustrating with Johnny is 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 this injury is is one of those little. Sort of, I suppose, daft injuries that you'd never, you know. Clearly, he's kept himself in decent nick. He's not broke down during his marathon training. Like I say, the field sizes were meant to be thirty. I think fifteen men started the men's race and twelve women started the women's race. So those thirty in each field were, you know, less than half actually got to the start line in the men's, and you know, uh, sorry, half got to the start line in the men's and less than half in the women's race. So <laughs> it shows just how difficult it is in a marathon block to to get through, you know. Instilling some fitness and, and shape, um, which is why I think the field sizes were small. I think they should have been bigger to make sure there was enough runners in the race. In terms of managing injury, when is this Olympics taking place? So the Olympics is in, I think it's end of July, um, early August um, of twenty twenty one. So we're not far away. So. No, we're not far away. And for a marathon, this is where the trials would need to be now to have enough time to turn around, you know, have a little bet, rest, uh, recover from this race, mm-hmm. and then obviously, you know, go on to build another marathon block in place or anything. Can you can you confirm for me that the time that Johnny ran to win the the, the Brit, you know, uh, I can't remember the time he ran in London, but his PB, uh, which he ran back in February of 2020, mm. um, was uh, 2.10.03. 2.10.03. And then what did the gentleman, the 39-year-old, run? So Chris ran 2.10.39, I want to say. It might be... It, so he's 39 very, or 43. To, to be fair to him, he's very close. Yeah, he's close. Yeah, he's, 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 he's there and he's under the track. And it was a PB for him. Um, and it, it was, it was a, you know, the emotion... You could see the emotion on him uh, doing it because the thing was, as I say, at halfway he disappeared off the back of the lead group. You had Dewey Griffiths in there, you had Ben Connor, um, and you had uh, Mo. Um, I can't remember his last name now. Uh, he was he was making a debut at the marathon. All three of them were, were sat there uh, being paced by Callum Hawkins and Jake Smith, um, who just come off a, a sixty thirty half marathon at the World Half Marathon Champs in Valencia back in November. Um, so they were pacing um, you know it did it looked like you know it, it looked like um, Chris was gone he was off the back you know he was still going to have a good run but he was off the back um, time you know the, the race carried on the guys were still on for a good good time um, and the, you know the commentators mentioned Chris was 35 seconds behind which isn't that big of a gap he, he sort of held the gap um, and then, funnily enough, what happened in the coverage was we went to the women's race and we were watching the women's race because they'd all set off at the same time. So we, we were looking at Steph Davis, who won the women's race. She uh, was under the time, the, the qualifying standard. She already had the qualifying standard as well, so she was she was selected from that. What time did she get? Um, she ran 2.28 something. 2.28. Um, it was a PB for her. And what's um, the qualifying time for a lady? Two twenty nine thirty, I want to say. So she was it. She, she was, was in, she was under it, yeah, and she already had it as well, um, and she did look comfortable, to be fair. But she was she was well ahead of, of the next the next lady in the field as well, and we we, we were watching Steph um, pull away with with her pacemakers, and then suddenly we cut back to the men, and everything was changed. Chris Thompson was back with the guys. He was suddenly up at the front. He was powering on ahead. Um, the, the pacemakers had dropped out at this point. Jimmy Griffiths had dropped off the group. He was a good 50 metres or so back. Right. Um, and you were like, but you, you were sort of watching it going, oh my God, where's Chris come from? At first, it, like, it started to run through your head and it ran through the commentators' heads that, of the, of the, are they lapping Chris? But then they were like, well, no, he was only 35 seconds behind last time anyone had said anything. It's yeah. a 3.3k course. There's no way they've, they've lapped Chris. 
And so then it dawned on us that Chris had come back. He he got back on. on Chris Thompson, the, 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 the there has been according to the, the, the commentators in, in the race, and mm. uh, and then because obviously he caught back on the guys, he had the momentum. It was with him, and he just carried on, and he just moved away from them. Right, yeah. And just carried on off, and so that means now officially that Chris Thompson and Callum Hawkins are going to and represent. Ben and Ben Connors is because three. Ben Ben finished in the top two, and he already had the qualifying time from London when he finished second behind Johnny. Right, yeah. And what was his time? Uh, two eleven. Two eleven thirteen, maybe. Well, some big question marks really about the way they, they do things. Like, yeah. Surely. Um, and what what's the whole idea of becoming British champion anyway? Isn't that supposedly to the British champion? Usually, London would be used as a trial race. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know that that would normally that's what will, would happen. It will be the trial race next year for the Commonwealth Games. It will be London again, you know, in April. Um, so where does that lead leave Johnny Mellor? By the way, he's had um, difficulties with with UK athletics before, hasn't he? You know, in terms of selection, I think uh, there was yeah, well, some England, kind of... England athletics. It was for the Commonwealth Games uh, oh, yeah. back when it was in the, on the Gold Coast. In... Where, where does that leave him? I don't know. You'd have to you'd have to speak to Johnny. And I suppose see, see if there is I a mean, if there is a bright side, he could look at um, Chris Thompson's performance yeah, as a thirty nine year old. Yeah, and, and he, he, will and be, he will he will be Chris will be forty before he goes to Tokyo as well. When he goes to right. Tokyo, he'll be forty. He's going to be forty years old. Yeah. And if you're Johnny Muller, you could say, "Well, I've still got another chance well, in another it. four years because he's he's about thirty. Well, it's only three. It's only three years when you think about it because the Olympics was postponed. He, he's year. thirty-four, so Johnny Muller. Thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, thirty-five this year. Same as yourself. I don't know. I think yeah, he's. I think, I think, I think he turned sense. thirty-four in December. I think. Right. Yeah. So yeah, well, in December he'll be thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And, and and finally on this. Because you say UK athletics, they're making decisions. What is there a panel of people? Of, yeah, there's a selection uh, rep- panel, um, you know, and obviously they, they try and keep it um, the names of who's on that panel anonymous. So, you know, we, anonymous? No one can chase them down and, you know, Come on, put a, put you a gun to the it. head and say, well, you, you know, you've got to select them. But, <laughs> um, you know, there's certain people anonymous. that are known that are on. No, there's certain people that people know are on the selection committee and things like that. But, you know, they obviously they try and keep some. Who are they? Come on, name them for me. Um, I, I don't know. I've not looked into it, to be fair. But you, you, you just said <laughs> you, you <laughs> know. Go, well, no, I know this. I know when they have the selections, you you know certain people that are are on there and, and things like that. But um, like, I, I know certain people that will be on. Obviously, I'm I'm looking at the para Paralympic selection committee and the Paralympic selection policies and stuff like that a lot for, for Jade. And I know who I know a couple of the people who, who are beyond that because you of, know who to send brown envelopes well, to. <laughs> 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 anyway. Anyway, any more news in the world well, of, well, of running? Yeah, there was <laughs> still on the marathon trials, the women's race. There was controversy on the women's race. Only happened this week. Uh, there wasn't. There was none during the race itself. Seth Davis, you've mentioned her name. Seth Davis. So she won. Fur and Squirt won. Selected for the race. That was that was the rules set out. That was what they said for selection. Yeah. Win the trial. Or first two in the trials. Yeah. Have the qualifying time. You go. There was three spots open for the women's race because there was no one pre-selected. Um, but there were three women who already had the qualifying time, who. Were, who missed the trials they weren't going to the trials for some reason I think they were in, little injuries niggles so same as Johnny you know couldn't do the trials because of some sort of injury mm. um, Steph Twell um, who the commentators told us was the reason she was missing the trials was because she'd had some injuries in the build up she was injury free now um, but she decided to focus on the 10,000 metres and qualifying for the 10,000 metres at the Olympics which the trials will be later on in the year um, which gave her enough time to you know keep her focus on training and stuff. Um, Charlotte Purdue, who is the fastest on paper uh, in the women's the women's field, she's she's run the, the fastest time. She's had a, a good um, historic sort of record of championship performances and things like that. I think she's done nine marathons in in total. Uh, whereas um, Steph Davis only started running uh, I think three years ago. Uh, Steph Twell is only recently moved up to the marathon. I think she's only got one or two performances. Um, and the other one. Fairly certain I'm going to get a name wrong. Even possibly pick the wrong athlete here was uh, is Jess Palecki. Uh, I want to say her name is. Sounds good uh, to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that one. Uh, <laughs> but um, so they they all had the qualifying times, 
Uh, but they weren't at the race. They weren't going to be at the trials because of these injuries that had, had either yeah. either stopped them training ready for the trials. So they weren't going to be fully fit for the trials, yeah. or um, you know, we're just injured and we're going to miss the trials because of injury. And the rules state within the trials that that uh, as Johnny missed out, then it's the first three ladies. It's the first. The first. Well, it'd be the first two for definite. Yeah, first two. And then the third is usually like a... Best time. They, yeah, they, well, the, the select, it's up to the selectors a little bit. There's a little bit of leeway on it. Mm. Um, but if you finish the first two in the trials and have the qualifying time, you go. Anyway, only Steph Davis ran under the qualifying time at the trials. Yes. Um, and also, the, the woman who finished in second place didn't have the qualifying standard. She but was, she's finished second, so she goes. No, no. no she didn't have the, the, no, she had to have the standard as well. Had to have run the standard. Right, so the uh, second place lady... Didn't have the standards. So. She didn't have the standard, but she was okay. also British champion. She she won right. London as well, but right. she didn't have the standard. She wasn't fast enough. I think she missed it by like twenty seconds or something like that. Was, mm, you know, very so odd. This is very all very small. odd. Very odd to me. Um, yeah. So the selection then, the selectors then had to pick between the three other ladies who weren't at the trials race, but all had the standard. So Steph Twell, Charlotte Perdue, and Jess Pelalecki. Um And one of them, by the way, is is, is the British champion. No. Oh, none of no, them. No, the one who was the British champion was the one who finished second at the trials but didn't have the standard so couldn't be selected. So without the standard, you so cannot be selected. Without okay. the standard, you can't okay. be selected. Okay. Um, okay. So they had to pick one of those those other three women. Um, but we were told Steph 12 was focusing on the 10,000. So you would think selection choice-wise, well, if Steph's focusing on the 10, yeah. Charlotte Perdue, Steph Pelleck, yes. get yes. chosen. Well, the selectors chose Steph 12 right. and uh, who's, who's... Jess Pelecki. Right, and Steph, 12, is yeah. focusing on the 10,000 Supposedly, meters. that's what was... Couldn't you not do it both? Well, people have done in the past. Zatopek did. He did, he did everything, it's not, didn't he? It's not very common nowadays. You can't, do, you can't get away with that anymore. Not, the standard's it doesn't seem to too, be, no, high it's too high probably. at the elite yeah, level. Yeah, at the elite level. So. Um, Across the board, it's gone down. Definitely gone down. Uh, you know, in terms of ordinary yeah, club yeah, running, yeah, it's definitely stuff, gone down. Yeah, levels, definitely gone yeah. down. I think we're agreed on that. Marty, yeah. Marty confirmed that yeah. as well. The eighties was, the, I think, the golden era. Yeah. Were across well, the board, but at the elite level, they are very supreme athletes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you know, and so, so you, you'd never do a ten thousand meters and then run the marathon. I don't think you just so wouldn't win anything. Days. You wouldn't win anything, would you? No, I, I don't think so. You're not going to win anything anyway, to be honest, because it's very difficult, isn't it, with with the Kenyans, oh, the Ethiopians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're turning up. No, but you don't get any Kenyans doing both either nowadays, either. I don't know. Ethiopians. Yeah. What doing what? Sorry. Doing both the ten. You know, the oh ten yeah, yeah, but they have they have supreme athletes in both events. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I imagine. I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and um, so to win either one of those would be a huge ask anyway. Yeah. But to take on both would be like a no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going through again? Let me ask you this question again. Yeah. What's going through these selectors' minds? Well, I, you know, this is this, for me. This is you know, it was the policy with the men's race could be maybe you know go well, you know, already having someone pre-selected made it very difficult to do things with. But there was a clear policy. It was finish the trials in the top two with the with the qualifying standard. You get selected. Um, the fact that Callum was pre-selected, that was already in the policy as well. You know, a top a top ten finish at a world championships would have got you pre-selected, which is what Callum did. So it was clear. Um, you know, you just had to try and get there on the day and do and do it, which you know for for, for Johnny was was sadly not able to do with his injury. But with the women's race, you know, there was three of them that weren't there on the day. Um, they all had good times. They were all under the the qualifying time, and it was who was get picked, but. The commentators during the trials race just kept going on about how Steph Twelve was focusing on the ten thousand. She was focusing on the ten thousand. So you, you know when you look at that and you're thinking, well, who are they going to select? They're going to select the other two because Steph's you know obviously decided to focus on the ten. Um, but to have her selected, and then when you look at it on paper, Charlotte Perdue is the fastest. She's the fourth fastest ever British female marathon runner. Mm. Uh, so she's faster than the other two. She's yeah. faster than Steph Davis, who who won trials. Um, and she's been left off the team, and and so there's you know there's a bit of controversy on on that one, and um, you know who who was on the selection committee because well, I think what, Charlotte what, is yeah. Charlotte's based out in Australia. How do you come? How do you come to that decision? In all seriousness, well, no, no, I don't know, and I wouldn't want the job no, of it. To be fair, in, in all seriousness, how how do you come to that decision? What the decision that they've made? How on how do you come to that decision? 
You, I, I don't know. I don't know how you've, you come to it. You, obviously, you've got to look at performances. So they're all mad. They're all mad then. They're all mad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me never getting selected for anything. <laughs> so you've got an insane, loopy UK Athletics Committee just making decisions <laughs> without thinking about anything. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great. It's good news. Yeah, they're they're not listening to this anyway. So. If you're a British athlete, it's good news to know that you can train really hard and do really well and, and not get selected because, you know, some chums in an office somewhere are not even not even looking, you know. I don't know. Anyway. No, well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure at some point when, when the world gets back a, a little bit better, we'll, we'll have my me, mum me on the show and she can tell us her story oh, of selection policy. Because, she's a you know, hard woman. Uh... Hot, very hot to handle. Very hot to handle. Hard woman is your mother. She doesn't pull any punches. God, I'm dreading the day when she comes on this show. <laughs> dreading the day. Do we have anything else on your agenda today? Oh my, well, you know, th- there's one thing that's been it's been bugging me, to be fair. Oh, um, oh, oh God. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it has, it, it's, and it's this... And listen, you know, I, I, my heroes are a lot of the American runners. You know, I, pre, Steve Prefontaine, you know, Scott Forbel currently is a, is a current crop American runner. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this, and I, there's a lot of mentality there. Of, and I like John Wayne. John Wayne. <laughs> well, you know, even you know, in the films, like, this mentality of, you know, go for the top, aim for the top, you know, do you know what I mean? Go put everything on the line and, and strive for it. Right, okay. Whereas yeah, I like that. The British yeah. mentality mm-hmm. is very much a, you know, oh, you know, oh, maybe you could do that. Oh, maybe not. Oh. Are you talking about the selectors again? No, well, not just, no, not just, select, <laughs> any, anything in general, you know, coaches, you know, other athletes that we train with, there's, there's a, mm. you know, there's a mentality of, Doom and gloom. Well, doom and gloom of, of just like even like you know, listen to the commentaries on the on the you know in the trials races. It's defeatist mentality. You know that's not possible. You can't do that. You know, oh, you've only ever run this time before. You know that that's a silly goal to aim for. You know, it's by the way, as an athlete, you you should be switched off to this completely. You should be, but there's Don't plenty of athletes that aren't. You know, I, I've trained with plenty of people. I know. Um, I was training with someone years ago and it, I don't run with him now uh, so I, I can probably get away with saying it I won't say his name but I can get away with, with talking about it which was you know I was on about you know wow we've got to beat we've got to train like the Ethiopians and the Kenyans because we've got to beat them and he was like why why have we got to beat them they're not running in the Liverpool and District League why oh. have we got to do that and I was like yeah because we, we've got to aim for higher than the Liverpool and District Absolutely. League we've got to aim Absolutely. for the top And but you know I, I hear it a lot and uh, you know I think and to be fair, I, when I speak to Jade, so I set some of the, the times and sessions for, for Jade to run. She's getting you down, mate. No, she's not getting me down. But it's a, it's a perfect example of, you know, I you know I put times down and I say, you know, she says, what time should I run today? And I say, well, go and try and run this. And I, the, the key is try and run that. Mm. I'm not saying you have to run that. For this session to be worthwhile, you have to run that. It's go out and try and run this time. If you don't run this time... You know, so what? You know, you, you'll get a good workout out of it, and hopefully, you know, in a year's time or something like that, maybe you'll hit that time. And if you hit that time, fantastic. You know, that's really, that's really something. But she takes it on that she's got to hit that time in that session. It's got to be that exact time. And if she doesn't, she's all, you know, really down and, and like beating up. Oh, I've let you down. I've let you down. It's like no, that time was try aim for it and just see where you get. You know, I I've got. You know, I chat to people, and sometimes, I, you know, I don't know whether it comes across as arrogance sometimes, and I try it not to be because, for me, it's just you know, I've got to, I've got to believe that I can reach the top. You know, I talk about my goal is to try and reach the Olympic Games the same as my mum did. Yeah, why not? And yeah, I'm a long way off achieving that, and uh, there's a lot of guys in the race the other night that proved the point. You know, I think I finished nineteenth, um, you know, out of twenty. Well, twenty-five plus or so in the field. Oh, okay. Um. So nine, you know, eighteen guys beat me. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I've got to keep striving towards that top goal, and and you know maybe I'll never reach it, but I'll fall somewhere in between. Maybe I'll get an England vest, maybe I'll grab it a GB vest or something. Maybe I won't even reach them, but I'll have done. You know, I'll have had a good career, and I'll have you know tried to stride for that very top. And, and you'll have got the best my, out of yourself. Out of me, yeah. yeah. And but I find British runners, you know, people people we run with, people we talk to, coaches, that we you know, have have a. A mentality sometimes of 
you know, oh, maybe that's too big of a goal, or maybe it's, you know, and, and yeah. whereas I look at the Americans, there's, you know, the American guys, you know, they, they're always talking about their runners, you know, they've got to be the top, they've got to aim for the top, they've got to, you know, you've got to go for it. And a perfect example of one guy who, who I'm hoping to interview for my other podcast, John Joe, uh, <laughs> as, I, uh, as I cheat on you there with that one, but um, <laughs> um, is Ian Butler, who back in the uh, marathon project back in December that I watched and stuff like that, he ran that. He had a slower half marathon time than me going into that race. Mm. His, his time was 65. It was only just slower than me. It was 65.33. Yeah. So it was only just slower. Um, but he went into that race. You know, the guys were going to go for a, a sub-209 time. That's what they were running for the marathon. They wanted a, a sub-209. You know, he'd never... He'd, he'd done a marathon before. I think he'd run about 217 or so. Yeah. Um, and But he decided to go with the 209 guys, with the pacemakers, with the group for 209. He went through halfway in 64 minutes 30. So yeah. blew his, you know, over a minute faster than he ever run for a half marathon. Yeah. And he kept going. And the commentators, you know, one, they made it exciting because they were like, oh my God, he's doing, you know, Ian Butler's gone through faster than this. Yeah, and, yeah. and he finished with a 209.40 something. He put himself in the top 10 rankings for the USA. Um, you know, he, he, he set a goal. He's, he's coached by Steve Jones. Um, you know, wow. in, in Boulder, he's Boulder, Boulder Harriers. Uh, love to ha- love to have Steve Jones so, on the show. You know, and it was just for me that's a perfect example of similar as well to Chris Thompson in the British Trials race. You know, thirty nine. You know, a lot of people would say he's passed it. He's not got a chance of qualifying for the Olympics. Stuff, stuff like that. And he he, he went for it, and he, he did it. He did his job, got it done, ran a PB in the race, qualified for the Olympic Games. For 24 years now, he'll have raced and competed for Great Britain at the top level. You, you know what I mean? These guys, they aim for the top. And I think I think that's, you know, not just for, for guys of our standard and, th- and things like that, but all the way down through athletics, all the way down to the kids. You've got to create that, that culture of striving for the very best. And I think sometimes it's, you know, it's not even just in athletics in the UK. It's in everything. In, I think it's a British mentality thing. It's this... You know, oh, maybe that's possible, maybe it's not. Oh, let's just settle for this. You know, no, you've got to, got to go for the top and reach for it. As an Irishman, why are the the British, you know, why are they feeling so somber? Somber. I think it's this this old school gentleman, you know, thingy sort of culture of, of things. You know, of like, oh, we, you know, I think talking like that is is. You know, they, they think it sounds arrogant, you know what I mean? You speak to someone like, oh, it's a bit arrogant, that, isn't it? It's like, I don't think it's arrogance, I think it's belief, it's confidence. Do you know what I mean? I think you can be arrogant. I think if you, like, you know, like if I went, you know, my marathon, if I go, well, you know what, I'm going to run a two, you know. I'm not 25 to one or something like that, you know what anymore, I mean? baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, th- I think there is a level of arrogance, you, you, you know, you sort of, you can sort of say certain things and it become arrogant, but I think just to for yourself to aim for it, to be able to talk to your coach, to be able to talk to your training partner and say, look, you know, this is my goal. I want to try and run this sort of time and stuff like that. I think, because with my marathon, you know, I've trained, I'm trying to train with five minute mileing in mind. That's what I do. Whether I can do that on the day, who knows? But that's a 2.10.53 time. So that's that's a, a good, a really good time. But, and I might not do it on my debut, but if I can train at that now and try and keep plugging away at that, maybe I'll run that down the line and stuff, you know. Um, but sometimes, but sometimes you feel like you can't say that because people will go, ah, oh, that's a bit too ambitious, isn't it? That you, you know, have you got a chance of that? You know, that's a bit too, too big of a goal. There, it's a bit arrogant to be thinking you can run that. I, I don't think it is. I think it's just, people uh, like to knock. Yeah, not I think well, they like to knock, knock sort of yeah. knock, knock you down, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's yeah, I think uh, it's, it's it's been riling me up for it's human for, for a while. <laughs> it's, it's humanity across the board, isn't it? Really, it is. But but it's they, a very um, British cultural thing as well you know you look to the Americans and they'll knock each other in like a you know a very bantery sort of joking like ah you know sort of way but the guys believe you know what I mean they go out and they put themselves on the start lines and they believe they're going to go for this time and, and they might get it they might not but you know they go for it whereas I think in the UK you know we, we let ourselves be knocked and talked so, down to a little bit at times. some people might say that's uh, the British the, the way of being a bit more modest a bit more you know, not in your face, a bit more relaxed, a bit more gentlemanly, as you say. Maybe, saying. maybe, but... Is that you know, a ba- always a bad thing? I think in sport, I think, yeah. 
in sport. In yeah. sport, I think, in, or even in certain yeah. other aspects, you know, we we've got to strive for stuff. I think, yeah, I think you need to, you know, if you're talking about work, you know, you want to aim for the top. Mm. You know, why? But you, you do know, come across athletes who are very sort of modest and yet champions as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, they're, they're not necessarily. You don't necessarily have to have but I this. Bet they believe. And I bet the they're not going to be arrogant about it. But I bet they believe. I think Charlie Spenning's a bit. Um, we interviewed Charlie Spenning. Yeah, yeah. I think he's very modest, yeah. gentleman sort but, of. But himself, he wrote and, down. And, he and, made that that note. That's what he wanted to go for. He did, do you know yeah. what I mean? He wanted he to do that, and you know, yeah. he told his coach. He told you know. Self belief. He, he made that self belief. That was mm. it. And he, he sort of, you know, he talks about it. I, I think he. he in his biography, the way he talks about it, it sounds like he'd set that goal of a medal and then couldn't, once he was in a place to get a medal, he couldn't push on to then go for the silver. And I know when we spoke to him, he sort of said, you know, no, he, he didn't necessarily mean it that way sort of thing. Um, but it's always been the way I've always interpreted the the, the, the book when I've read it and, and read how yeah. he said that. But, um, you know, if he'd have put down, he wanted the gold medal, would it have made a difference? Right, you yeah. You know what I mean? I, I Inter- yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's that sort of thing, and, and what about the idea that sometimes you've got to be also realistic? Because if you, if you're not realistic at all, and I, I think that's where the arrogance side. So you know, like, like I say, you know, I'm training with five minute mile in in mind for this marathon. Now, am I realistic of whether I can hold hold that up? You know, I'm going to go and try and do that. But I've also got to be realistic of it's a debut, I've never done the marathon, whether I'm going to have a group to run it at that sort of speed and stuff like that. And, you know, I've got an idea of, yeah, I'd like to try and run that sort of time, but also I want to run the 2.17, you know, that, that's more of a, a, a more, the more realistic goal in there. Now I'm going to strive for the top time, but I've got the realistic goal in there as well that, you know, I, I've got to weigh up and, and go with. Um, and I think that's, you know, that again, in, in, in other aspects, you know, you You've got to have the realistic goal. You know, also, my goal is you know. You're also, you, you can take the pressure off yourself maybe as well by being perhaps more realistic, in a sense. Uh, you know, if you, it, it's a double-edged sword. I imagine. Yeah. For, for if you go into it sort of brimming with confidence, that's one thing. But to an extent where not finishing first is going to be a devastation, then you've got a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or not getting this particular time. And then you've you've built up sort of a tense anxiety around the whole thing, and it becomes bigger perhaps than what it is. Um, whereas if perhaps a more relaxed state of affairs yeah, can mean, give you the environment to succeed and, and do even better, maybe. Yeah, I think you know there there, there is a balance to it. Um, but I mean, you know, again, a perfect example was um, Manchester Half Marathon in two thousand and nineteen. I wanted to go run 65 minutes for it. Um, I hadn't had a great build-up, a, a, a couple of niggles, a couple of injuries, stuff like that. Um, and we were in the shop with my mum, and the customer was running the Manchester Marathon, the half marathon as well, and they said, you know, oh, what are you going for and stuff? And I said, 65 minutes, that's what I'm going to run. I'm going to run 65 minutes, something. Um, and my mum goes, oh, he's being a bit optimistic there, to be fair. He's, he's probably not in that sort of shape. And I didn't say anything to my mum at the time, but once the customer had left, I told my mum off. You know, I said, I said, you can't do that. I said, you should know better. You should know that you can't belittle the mindset and the performance. You know, I, I, I'm aiming for 65. That's what I'm going to run. You can't be saying that to me, mum. You uh-huh. can't be, you know, you've got to back me. You're going to be in me corner. You can't do that. And then and then I went out and I ran 65.32, uh, you know, and, and that was that. I knew this was all about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. It's <laughs> 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 therapy. <laughs> As a, exactly. <laughs> Many people uh, visit me for the therapy. I don't charge them anything, Matthew, but I, I had a sneaky suspicion that, <laughs> that that last 20 minutes was about your mother. And that, there we have it. <laughs> and on that wonderful note... <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> Please subscribe to a wonderful podcast. It has been indeed... And as always, it has been marvellous.